we go. Well, get ready because I want to talk about God today. I'm just going to tell you straight up, personal, 2016. Well, actually, yeah, I do want to talk to you about God. Um, a few things relating to, and I promise it's not all preachy crazy. It turns into what it turns into. It may do something for you, whether you believe or not. So I do suggest you stick around, but I also let you have to let you know this is where we're going with it. So it's 2016. We're about we're about a good week and a little bit in, right? A good week and a bit. I just want to say I hope you are having a great one and you're not sick like I am. I know you can hear it. Sucky. That's me. Um, I'm Lethe. Lethe Psycho. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, I love to talk about anything and everything that's on my mind. And there's like a trillion, billion, kajillion things that always run through my mind. I'm a Sagittarius. All we do is freaking think. So now I'm just going to let them out on you. Uh, first of all, let's see what's going on. Uh, okay, first reason why I want to talk about God. I'm currently in a fast. It is the 8th right now. So this is the 8th day of my fast. I started on January 1st and I knew I was going to fast. Um, I knew I was going to fast, I want to say, uh, the week prior to Christmas I knew I was going to um, because I got some bad news. And in the moment of receiving this bad news, I felt like I needed to speak to God. And for those of you who aren't so aware, um, spiritually fasting is a way to communicate better. Or it's more so a way to listen better. So you can get the message much more clearer when God is putting you through something, trying to say something to you, trying to send you a message. Uh, So a week before, I guess I should share this. So a week before Christmas, it was like a Sunday. Yeah, it was a Sunday. My mom came to me and this might be a little bit TMI. But my mom is menopause, like in her menopause. So for like a year and something, when girls get older, they stop getting Red Man stops coming into town and performing. So she's been a year and a half without Red Man performing, right? And she just said, Letty, like, I started bleeding. And I'm like, like, to me, it just struck me like something's wrong. And she's like, maybe it just happens because it can happen afterwards. And by the way, please don't, like, like, I, I really have to share this. Maybe someone's going through this. Maybe it could be a similar situation. So bear with me and have compassion is all I ask. So she came to me and she told me that and... What immediately jumped in my head was back when my grandmother died. Uh, My grandmother died, I believe it's going to be nine years this year. And one day she was walking with her friend. She and my grandma was like in her late 50s, early 60s when she passed. She was walking with her friend on the street and then she felt a pain and she bled. And she just thought like, okay, something like, like whatever, maybe nothing, right? So that kind of like started everything. So that happened. And then I believe she fainted. Then she went to the hospital. They found something wrong, but they couldn't really diagnose it. So they had her coming back and forth and back and forth uh, over over the time of, of that day. And I want to say six months she ended up passing away, uh, and they still didn't find the cause. She had complete organ failure all through her body, and she passed away. So when my mom tells me this the week before Christmas, I immediately jump to that, and I immediately am like, no, you need to go to the doctor because it's easy to pass something off. I don't know if it's just a Spanish culture thing, but we'd love to fucking pass shit off, like, oh, I'm not going to get it checked. Oh, this is aching. It'll pass or whatever, or to not know or just to not confront something. I don't like I just know it's heavily in my family. People would rather not go to the fucking doctor than go and see what's wrong. So I, I pressed her to go the next day to the doctor. And she went the next day to the doctor and she told me that 
her doctor said what she was going through wasn't normal. It was abnormal bleeding and the one of the many possibilities that she could that she could be diagnosed with, excuse me, is um cervical cancer. So like I like she's telling me this and when she's telling me this, like of course she's my mom and then I think of what happened with my grandma and in my head it's just like be there for her, be there for her, be there for her. Because as as like scary as it could be for me, that's my mom. Like I know she's going through it. Like I know she's going through the worst because it's happening in her body. So I asked her like, what happens now? And they said I have to wait two weeks, and um, so I can go get a biopsy, which is basically they go in and they cut a piece of her tissue and to see like to test it, see what's going on. And they scheduled the appointment for her biopsy to be um, New Year's Eve. So then you, and then like she comes home, but in the meantime, I'm just thinking like, wow, what a thing to fucking sit with for two weeks. You may have cervical cancer. You're bleeding right now. We'll test you in two weeks. And it's the holidays, you know, these kind of moments tend to be very emotional. So she's going through, and I'm just thinking of my mom, like I'm just thinking of the stress that she may be going through for these two weeks of the unknown. And so in my head, I just talk to God and I talk to God and I talk to God and I just want to know because I was told um, I was watching a preaching and there was a woman speaking about um, a story in the Bible. I'm not well versed in the Bible. So if I get stuff wrong, please don't judge me. But I really wanted to get the story across how I took it in. This may not even be a story in the Bible. This is something I was told in church about a story, right? So a king told his troops of soldiers, his knights, to go into the water because the enemy had um, arrows that had flames at the end of it. And if they're wearing their knight suits, which is like all kinds of metal, and the enemy throws the flame at them, they're going to heat up. Like it's like boiling them, right? It's like heating up the steel or whatever metal it is, and they die um, because they can't escape it. They can't get out of their like armor that's burning hot. So what the king told these, these soldiers, the knights, Go into the water, go into the lake, just seep in there, seep in there, just seep, just be in there, and then be so in the water that you become water. And then when the arrow full of flames that this enemy throws at you, when it comes and it hits you, you quench it. Like you're the you have become become water. You've been in it so long, and you quench it, and it doesn't and it doesn't affect you. Whatever is coming at you at you, it's not gonna affect you. Even if it has fire attached to it, it's not gonna penetrate your wall of water that you've built up by like being and seeping in this lake. The comparison they then made was that this is like your faith and the word and how much you believe in God or in whatever religion you believe in or in whatever uh, movement uh, you believe in, like quench yourself in it so much that when in any attack, even if it's full force, has flames on it, is an arrow with poison on it, when it hits you, it does not penetrate your wall of that faith, that word, because you've seeped in it so long that you've become it, okay? So this was a sermon, and it's crazy because I watched a few of these sermons before this all happened, and I feel like I was being prepared for how to handle this situation. So I'm finding this out, and I know two things. I know that I need to be there for her and make her feel as comfortable, as stress-free as possible, and I also need to show her the faith that I have in everything's going to be okay. 
uh, I need to just seep in it and believe in it. And like I could look at her and know like, mom, you're going to be okay. Whatever this is, like it's fine. Like we're good. Like you raised fighters because you are a fighter. Like you are good. And when I say it, I can't say it with any doubt in my mind. It has to be so ingrained in me. I have to be seeped so deep and within it that I can't have a bit of doubt in my voice when I say it. Because if that bit of doubt happens, that's that bit of percentage I'm letting in to maybe penetrate and maybe cause the opposite effect from what we want. So again, I started speaking to God and something in me told me it's time to fast. And so I said, okay, January 1st, I'm going to start my fast. I didn't know how long I was going to fast for because it was legit my first fast. So I didn't know how long I was going to fast for. But another day I was watching a preaching again and my pastor was talking about, he was mentioning uh, a Jewish fast that people, um, when they celebrate the new year um, and that rung a bell, like, okay, he's talking about celebrating new year. And this was like, I was watching a preaching from like September and he was like, yeah, when they celebrate the new year, they fast for 10 days to reflect, to help them go into the new year. And he's like, look at us. We party for one night and we think we're already ready for this next year. So he said that. And then I thought, all right, here's the here's the sign for how long you have to do it. Um, I just felt like it connected. It was just it was more than a coincidence. Stuff is never coincidence in my brain or head. So he was talking he was talking about fasting for 10 days. And I said, there, there's my answer. I need to fast for 10 days. And I gave it. I gave it to God. I gave it to my family. Um for my mom and to show God I have full faith in him I know it's going to work out to show my mom I'm here with her like I'm I'm doing this with her in all of my mind and to let anything else that I may need to hear from God within these few within these 10 days to be heard so whether that is him leading me to purpose him leading me away from people he leading me towards people him leading me towards and away from situations I I I leave that channel open for us to have a clearer connection in the bible it actually does say people will tell you it actually does say that you are expected to fast it's not like if you ever want to you can it's like oh no they expect it it was up to you maybe when you do it but not if you do it you're supposed to do it but there's a lot of things written and that people don't want to go by but i'm just saying just for another little added bonus okay so there's one part of everything um status on my mom on on New Year's Eve, she went in to go get the biopsy, and we still haven't heard back. As of today, we haven't heard back as the results. Oh, actually, today, so it's like 1.50 in the morning right now. But today, later on today, she's going to go in to do an ultrasound to see if they find anything um, as well. So that's the pros- progress on her. I ask if you... If you um, want to send good thoughts and good energy i would appreciate it i'm not asking you to but um any good positive energy and vibe and thought will always be welcome and it just is a lot to go through in these like few weeks so that happened (laughs) i told you we're gonna talk about guys but new year and and it's crazy because new year's eve i worked for revolt tv i hosted their countdown and that came about very um quickly like they hit me like a couple days before and before that i was like okay i'm just gonna stay with mom like i don't know what she wants to do that night i was actually thinking of going to church i didn't even know i didn't even know that church has like a 10 p.m service that you can go to and they do a countdown i was so hyped and then i felt like i was being called to go and host and show my mom because i feel like 
as as much as you want to be there for somebody when they're down, they may feel like they're dragging you down at points. So for her to see me like get up and go out and work, like it made her happy. Like, okay, let these not like, because it's another added stress, like not just that you're going through something, but you're causing other people in your family that you love to go through something. You don't want that. So I went to work and January 1st started my fast. Now, I also didn't know how it was going to fast because there are different versions of fasts. But it's funny because I hit up my co-host at night damage and I'm like, hey, guys, just FYI, when we come back, um, I want you to know I may be cranky. I'm going through a fast. I start I'm going to start January 1st. So this was like probably the week before and damage hit me back up. And he's like, oh, like you're not going to eat after sundown. And then I felt like, oh, there's the answer. There's how I'm going to fast. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to eat after sundown. So just to take you even more detailed into what I'm going through. The first two days of my fast, I didn't eat after sundown. The third day of my fast, all day I didn't eat, only water. And then the next two days, it was no food after sundown. And then I got sick. I came down like a, I don't, I don't know, I have like a really bad cold flu virus. I don't know what it is, to be honest. And I'm a very, like, I'm very immune to a lot of stuff, like, I love running in the rain because it don't do shit to me. Uh, I don't mind hugging people that are sick because I rarely get sick. So I kind of felt like, and then I got sick this time and not even like sick. Like I went to, I came to work on Monday. It was our first day back. And when I went home, it hit me. Like I woke up because I couldn't breathe because I had so much like mucus. I know it's sick. If you think I'm cute, you're probably not going to think I'm cute anymore. Um, I had so much like ugh in me and I couldn't breathe and I got up and I had, like headache, everything. So it just hit me really hard. And I was a little bit afraid because I'm on a fast. Like it was these days where I'm not like so the next so those were the first five days that I told you two days no food after sundown one day no food at all two days no food after sundown the next week the next five days switches things so it'll be two days no food one day no food after sundown two days no food so I was afraid like I'm weak right now should I keep going with my fast and then I also felt like someone's trying to keep me from my fast I never get sick I never do I promise you I have a very strong immune system. So for me to then get sick during this pivotal time in my life when I'm saying I'm going to fast and for the reason that I'm going to fast, it's not like for any other reason but to open the gates with God and to show him my faith in my mom's health, I feel like it's something trying to keep me from it. So I didn't know what to do because people were like, no, you need to like, you need to stop, stop, start eating, eat something, eat something now. Um, so I... um. I, it's funny, I slid in my pastor's DMs. <laughs> I slid in my pastor's DMs and I asked him his advice. And I told him, um, I told him the basics that I'm starting to fast 10 days into the new year. Uh, I got, I came down with a really bad um, cold and I was seeking advice on how to go about my next fat, my next few days. And he advised me to, actually, I'm going to read the DM to you. Holla reading DMs from my pastor. What's up? He said, remember, fast is about the pursuit of God over everything, but not to bring real harm to yourself. <clears throat> there will be times where you modify it, not for relief, but for wisdom. God knows your heart. In fact, it pleases God to know that you would sacrifice food and things you love to draw close to him. But he also wants you to take care of the body he gave you to do his will on earth. Be prayerful, be wise, and know that God will 
back you up. Even if wisdom says be a little less intense on your fast, as you had originally thought, there's a difference between giving into your flesh and being led to be wise. So it's basically more so I'm not saying like, I'm hungry, I'm going to eat. It's more so like, yo, your body needs it. Don't be dumb. Basically, that's what he told me. So these past couple of days that I've been really sick, I kept on I kept on the fast where I said, okay, I'm not going to eat after sundown. So I'll eat during the day um, while I'm eating. I can t- like and soups and teas and take medicine if I need it and go from there. I really hope that it didn't like scare people <laughs> from my story and scare you away from the podcast. There's something that is going on in my life and I couldn't start talking to you about this year without mentioning that. Um, it's a little bit of a quest I would say I'm going through uh, for these next few days to end this thing out. But I do really feel like I'm making progress and it's the best feeling to know it's purposeful. You're not just doing it. A lot of the times, you know, like when people say, I want to lose weight, or I'm going to go to the gym, or I'm going to start on a diet. Like you do that, but you know why it fails a lot? It's because it, it's it's derived in vanity. When people are like, I'm going to lose weight because I want to be da-da-da. I'm going to... I'm going to go to diet because I want to be da-da-da. It's more so than not, their goal is a vanity type goal. And vanity is very frail. And that's why what happens is people don't follow through with it because of just how frail that purpose is. You know what I'm saying? So if I were like, oh, I'm going to do this because I want to lose weight. No. But when you tie your purpose to things, if I'm doing this in order to get this across within my faith, it gives it just a bigger meaning and my anchor to not give in is that much greater. So if you do anything or if you want to change anything, I know it's like resolution time and there's people saying nobody does resolutions or people saying all I do is resolutions. But I would say tie it to a purpose. Give it something stronger than anything vanity-based. Give give why you're changing a real purpose. And I really didn't mean to even give you crazy advice, but I feel felt like I needed to say that. Okay, so that's one thing. Here's another God thing a religious thing that I wanted to talk about. So I am allergic to a lot of, like I can never wear jewelry or like accessories and stuff because I'm allergic to it. Like I guess I'm allergic to anything that's not gold. And then period, like I'm just not an accessory girl. I'm not like, hey, look at my ring and my watch and my earrings and my necklace and my five my chokers and all that like it's not me but if I were to wear something I'd have to wear it gold just by necessity that so my body doesn't break out in reaction to to these things so I say that to say I was never very religious prior to 2015 uh 2015 I feel like I've gotten myself very close to my beliefs my spirituality and I feel very great I feel very much fulfilled as a person and it's it's letting me lead a life that I know I want for myself so I would always see like you could go into forever 21 you can go freaking to the 99 cent store you see crosses everywhere right so I would always see a cross and like some of them are cool like in in just the hip-hop culture people wear crosses all the time and then I always like before I was like yeah it's cool I could buy one but I'm not gonna buy it because I'm not I don't believe in it it's not even that I don't believe it I don't hold a tie to it like I'm not just gonna wear it as like a fashion accessory because it's it's definitely not meant for that right but as I got closer into my faith I really wanted a cross um necklace in gold I wanted to get it from my grandma when we were little she used to buy us earrings that I always lost but from a certain place in downtown in the jewelry district district So I told my mom, can you take me so that I can get a cross made for me? 
I wanted to go to where my grandma would go just to give it that much more meaning. And now I know when I wear a cross, I actually feel it because I have that tie and that bond and that relationship with God like I never have before. It never transpired. Like we would always say we're going to go and we didn't go. But then I was thinking the cross is a very, the cross is a very (laughs) dark symbol for Christianity because it's the symbol that represents what Jesus quote unquote, uh, died on before he was resurrected and i was just like yeah that like i don't know if i would like to commemorate him and what i feel like that just because it's a religious symbol i personally don't like the like what it like what it's supposed to represent and then i started so i was like so then i started googling right and i was like googling stuff on like other symbols for god or other symbols for jesus i came across like this article on the cross and there was different citations from the bible of like of course all we know the knowledge that we know from whatever story went on with jesus is the recollections in these bible books right so turns out well i want to read one of the passages that i read so do not use the cross in worship why not an important reason is that jesus christ did not die on a cross the greek word generally translated cross is staros it basically means an upright pale or stake The companion Bible points out, staros never means two pieces of timber placed across one another at any angle. There is nothing in the Greek of the New Testament even to imply two pieces of timber. In several texts, Bible writers use another word for the instrument of Jesus' death. It is the Greek word cylon. This word simply means timber or a stick, club, or tree. And they proceed to tell to say like what Bible verses, so Acts 530, 1039, 1329, Galatians 3.13, 1 Peter 2.24. And then there's like the pictures of Jesus being on a stake rather than an actual uh, cross. And it's like stake upright with his hands instead of them being stretched out like the cross. It's hands above his head, uh, crossed each other, and that's how they like, um, they nailed him to the cross, right? And I don't know, but I've seen that. Like, in my head, that that seems right. I don't know if it's something, if there are variations of him being um, on a stake like that, but it just seems right and pictured right in my head. And then they say, there's no evidence that for the first 300 years after Christ's death, those claiming to be Christians used the cross in worship. In the 4th century, however, pagan emperor Constantine became a convert to apostate Christianity and promoted the cross as its symbol. So this is where it may have come in. This Emperor Constantine, he was pagan first, he converted to Christianity, and they felt in order to get other pagans to kind of convert, let's make it easy for them. Let's add symbols they already know. You feel me? So here's the rest of it. The cross is, in fact, pagan in origin. The New Catholic Encyclopedia admits the cross is found in both pre-Christian and non-Christian cultures. Why then was the pagan symbol promoted? Apparently to make it easier for pagans to accept Christianity. Nevertheless, devotion to any pagan symbol is clearly condemned in the Bible. And they put in 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. So I'm guessing that's where it says that you shouldn't. So 
I'm reading this and I'm really questioning then what the fuck am I looking at this cross for thinking it, it like means something and of course we give shit meaning right but then to really find out or to to hear stuff like this I can see where that comes from and just how we get this stuff passed on and passed on and we just tend to just not question shit after a while and so I just began questioning stuff turns out there's something going on with the cross plus my already feelings of I don't really think I want something that represents him dying to represent my love for him on me so that's where like that was a crazy revelation of my own like oh shit he didn't die to cross what we're looking at crosses and like I, I grew up catholic we're doing the sign of the cross on our freaking faces and like on our chest before we go to sleep or before we do anything we have it on a rosary and i'm just like oh man like so henceforth i'm not gonna give it that meaning so it's not that i've like denounced crosses it's just they to me are not what represents my love for God. Then I came across the Jesus fish. Like, you know, that it's like that one fish you see on people's cars. They have it like as an emblem or like a bumper sticker. That can be representative of Jesus because that actually is... See, I looked this stuff up. It says, an early circular ethicist symbol created by combining the Greek letters. And then there's like one, two, three, four, five, five Greek letters. But basically when you combine the letters, you make a word and it translates into English as Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior. So that fish represents those words, which is crazy. They call it a backronym. I've never heard that. So that fish, I guess, is could be another representation of it. I really think that prayer hands, to me, are the ultimate. And it's funny because it's an emoji and like everybody uses it. But it's the, it's the act that you give when you're talking to God, a lot of people, as you put your hands together. And there's so much just watching people do that. You know what I'm saying? And you know where that comes from. I know I do this in order to talk to God or it it's something I can do to talk to God. So I and, and then again, I'm not praising it. I'm not saying like this. Let me bow down to the symbol, how some people kind of bow down to a cross. I'm just saying like if I want to find a representation of what my love for God means to me, I think I'll go with prayer hands. So that's my whole spiel on that. That fucking tripped me out. So I don't know if it's tripping anybody else out, but it definitely tripped me out. And I know this is like a mad heavy episode, but I really want you to know if you're a first time listener, it doesn't get this crazy. Maybe it does. And maybe I'm just trying to be in denial about it. But most of the time I try to make things lighter. I just feel like I had to say this stuff. And again, like I'm really sick and I feel like I shouldn't be um, putting you through listening to my nasally ass voice and I can't even breathe right. So I'm going to make this one short, but know that I'm coming with more podcasts and more interviews. I've already knocked out a few, so hopefully I can get them out throughout the week. Again, I'm just really congested and nasty, so I want to shut up now. Before I do, though, I do want to hit you with, especially if you listen to me and you're a fan of Dreamville by any chance or Cause. My dude Cause came by the studio the other day for my night show with me and DJ Damage and Dre Sinatra. And we played the realist with him. Basically, it's like intrusive ass questions or awkward questions. And we asked him to answer one, which I think you'll think is funny. And it's short and sweet. J. Cole would kill me if he knew. Check this out. When What's I first up? got signed, I, they invited me to his house that he was living in and recording his last album, man, in Hollywood. And I definitely took a dump of your toilet, man. Do <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, nothing personal, Cole. Nothing personal. <laughs> I was so sick. He recorded it. I need to get that video. 
I need to put that out. Yo, big up to Kaz, though. He dropped a project called Nothing Personal. If you have time, make sure you download it. If you haven't already, he's from South Central LA. I really fuck with him. He's a good dude. Very good guy. And what I see in him, uh, I have seen in very few artists. And I just can't wait to see him just kind of flourish and become who he's supposed to become. So definitely, if you don't know him too much, I would dedicate some time to... Even if you don't download it, stream it. Um, his first project, which is Cause and Effect, it's C-O-Z-Z and Effect. And his um, recent project that just dropped, Nothing Personal. Check it out and tell me how you feel about it. And I promise more hip-hop to come. I just really had to get God out of, not God out of the way, God in the way and into you. Uh, hopefully, we can talk more about this. Make sure to hit me up at Letty on Twitter, L-E-T-T-Y. On Instagram, I'm letty.set.go. Every night, I do uh, a radio show, 7 p.m. to midnight on Real 92.3 in Los Angeles. Also in Las Vegas at Real 103.9. And I love you.